Welcome to Six Figure Coaches with Luke Charlton, where every week we interview a successful coach and break down their business. We take you behind the scenes in their marketing, advertising, and sales campaigns. We show you what's working. We show you their frameworks, their proven strategies, so you can implement them in your business to grow. Now let's bring on this week's guest. Here is your host, Luke Charlton. Hey, this is Luke Charlton here and welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Coaches Show. Super excited to have you here. Got another amazing guest, just like we do every single week. I'm really, very, very excited for this interview. Um, she's an international uh, speaker, best-selling author, um, works with other very successful entrepreneurs to grow her business, another successful coach on the show. I'll bring her on in just a second. And just before I do... Um, Remember, these episodes go or they premiere each week inside the Hermit Hole private Facebook community. So if you want to get access to these, these interviews, these the, the content, the gold nuggets in, in these episodes before everyone else, before it goes onto iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify, I've got to get each of those right, um, then come into the Hermit Hole. Just go to thehermithole.com. And obviously in there, it's a community of coaches where there's a lot of other content delivered by yours truly to help you grow your coaching business and to do that for free as well. So go to thehermithold.com, get access to this, uh, these interviews early and also get other free business growth trainings as well. So with that being said, let me bring on today's guest. Her name is Elena Schwartz. And as mentioned, Elena, you know, you're a um, international speaker, best-selling author, and you're an elite performance coach, which I'm, we're going to dive into just a, a second. So first of all, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here. Now, just so the coaches can get a bit of a background on you, um, can I ask, like, how did you get to where you are today, like to become this kind of uh, elite performance coach, international uh, best uh, speaker, best-selling author? How did you, what's your journey look like? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. It's an honor and a pleasure. Uh, you know, I started out as a lawyer in the music industry in New York City. I was a lawyer for 18 years, and my career culminated as the executive vice president of the largest independent music company in the world at the time. And when I got to that position, by like, if you looked at me from the outside looking in, you'd go, oh my God, she had it all. I had the great marriage. I had an apartment in Manhattan. I was traveling to exotic locations multiple times, but I was miserable. And I finally caught to the fact that I had put my ladder up against the wall my parents wanted me to put it up against. I never wanted to be a lawyer in the first place. Yeah. So amid all of this success, I literally walked away from it and had no idea what I was going to do next, which I don't really recommend. Uh, it's, I think how a lot of coaches get started because they're really good at something but and they yeah. want to give that gift, but they hate being in the corporate uh, in the corporate world. And yep. I proceeded to um, hit a dark night of the soul. Like I smacked right into it and I watched all the structures of my life collapse. And in the process of trying to rebuild my life and get out of the living hell I was in, I learned all of these tools and techniques that started to help me liberate my mind and my thinking and get clarity on my purpose. And I realized, oh, those were the things that I was meant to teach entrepreneurs to help them. So I started out, um, and I'm going to be totally honest, I started out as a mindset coach, and then I had a whole bunch of guru coaches who said to me, you can't just be a mindset coach. Nobody's going to pay for that. You have to do other things too. Yep. And so then I started to be, a, I was naturally a strategist, and I helped people build systems. 
And then last year, at the beginning of the year, I got this major download, let go of those other things and just stand for what you stand for. Nice, nice, love it. Oh, by the way, before we get into that, speaking of music, do you see that there? That's a um, synthesizer and a drum <laughs> box. So, yeah, <laughs> so I'm into music as well. Um, anyway, irrelevant, but uh, oh, kind of a little bit on topic. But anyway, um, yeah, that, wow, that's that's crazy. So you just up to just quit your job, did you? Or was there a transition? I did. No, yeah, I just wow. quit my job. I just quit my job. I went home one day and I told my then husband, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Because it made me very, very physically ill. Like I was getting really sick from it. Wow. And I was just like, wow, okay, the writing's on the wall and I just keep ignoring it and yeah. it's like, gotta pay attention. So that sounds very similar to me. So I literally, and I don't recommend it either, like just quit my job because I was in, I recommend if you can stand your job, like stay in it because of cash flow, right? <laughs> but I was the same. So this is like a decade ago. I... I love like with full, I was in a full-time job and what I like about jobs is like the first like six months you're learning, right? You, it feels great because there's growth. Um, but then I got kind of depressed because it was just the same thing every day. And it, I was in a, a government job and the only way to move up in government is you have to basically wait for someone to die or retire. That's the only two ways. And so by the, by the end of my time, cause there was no more growth, it got so bad that like literally every hour I would have to stop doing what I was doing. I'd walk around the building. And then I'd do another hour's work and I'd have to like literally, cause it just felt like, um, the way I described it is just like a straight jacket on my soul. It just felt like restricting soul yeah. yeah, soul sucking. And, um, so I just quit. I, I just, um, and moved to London to grow my coaching business. I don't recommend it cause it, I went into a lot of debt. Unfortunately, I had a lot of savings, but then went into a lot of debt. So I recommend if you can stand your job, you know, stay in it until your coaching business replaces that income. But I'm um, similar to you. I just had to get out basically. So that's, um, yeah, that's, uh, but it's, it's exciting as well at the same time. Right. Um, and well, it feels liberating. Yeah, it, it's liberating. I mean, now I could say this cause now I'm on the other side of it, yeah. but it happened multiple times for me where, um, I mean, I had a really sweet nest egg and then went into massive debt from, from yeah. doing that. So I had the same thing. So I started from a position of debt, got myself out of debt, created six figures in my first year, uh, first seven months of my first year of coaching. And then mm -hmm. I proceeded to crash and burn again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I realized I had this pattern, um, which is one of the reasons I love what I do, because I think it brings up so many patterns for entrepreneurs of what's going on in their subconscious mind. But I had this pattern of being able to make a lot of money, but then lose it. Right. And not only just lose it, but go into massive debt again. Like I couldn't just like lose it and then rebuild. I had to go into massive debt again. And wow. so like after doing that a few times, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Um, okay. So yeah, you're on the other side now. And so let's talk about your, to give co coaches listening a context of your coaching business in terms of like, what's your start with your coaching programs then we'll go into your business model so how many programs do you have like what is it that you're actually selling yeah so i have my my um oh my god my uh my main program which is called six into seven and so in that program i it's a hybrid group program i have mm -hmm. never been a big fan of group programs that have a hundred people in it and you get maybe two minutes of a coach's support and then that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. I've never been a really big fan of those because I don't, I feel like what, 
information's a dime a dozen and what makes information transformation is application and that's understanding how does it apply to you and your business not just generally how does it apply right, right? So my six into seven program is um, is a hybrid group program. So there's the there's some video modules that teach people how to fish for themselves. Then there's a one-on-one -on -one component, which actually is real one-on-one -on -one support. So three three group uh, three one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching calls by either me or my team that actually really helps them unpack what's really going on for them in their business. And then there's also a group. Um, Q&A call once a week, which again, I divide people. I, I max it out at around 20 people. I'll start a new group because I really want there to be a level of intimacy in that. And then I have a program where when people graduate from that and they want to keep going deeper in the work that I have a program that they can, uh, that they can follow up with in that. I do one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do that much one-on-one, -on -one, but I do one-on-one. -on -one. I also do the IP days. Okay, great. Right. And um, so what is the, um, <clears throat> so you're working, you're still doing mindset stuff, but you mentioned strategy. So what is, what's the end result that you're actually helping uh, these entrepreneurs achieve? Yeah, within, within, I'm, I'm a big fan. I used to be a fan of the incremental growth and I've really understood how to hack quantum leaps. So I help people quantum leap their income. So two to three X their income typically within 30 to 90 days, as well as 20 to 30 less their hours. So, so that's the thing that they often do. Now it depends on how much, as, as you know, Luke, <laughs> are you actually doing the work? Cause if you're not, you're not going to get those results, but right. if you're actually doing the things that I'm telling you to do during that time, I have yet to see that not happen. I can't say like you, I have a hundred percent success rate. So I know you said you have a hundred percent, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. It's like an 89% success yeah, rate. Wow. Yeah, the hundred percent is in my agency where I'm doing the work, so that's that's why it's so high on that side <laughs> of things. Um, okay, cool. And so, who is who is your ideal client that you work with? Because it sounds yeah. like should be to, to get that results, they've got to be like kind of have something for you to work with for you to get those results so quickly. Sounds like exactly, exactly. So they're past six figures. So so typically it's one hundred fifty thousand and above. So six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs who already have. The systems and the strategies in place but they may not be working that well right okay. so they're they're having some form of consistent income already but they're just they're hitting income ceilings they're on a feast or famine roller coaster so for them you know because i so many entrepreneurs even people who are under six figures have the feast mm -hmm. or famine roller coaster but for my clients it might look like forty-five thousand one one month fifteen thousand the next month you know, which when you've built your business to that level and now your expenses are starting to yeah, exceed right. income, right? So that's another big problem they have. That's that's often what comes up for them. What is that? Why do they experience that? Is it because, I mean, if they're running ads, for example, that, that wouldn't be the problem. So is it usually a sales issue that you're... Is it mindset around sales? Like, well, sometimes it is an ads problem. Sometimes it is an ads problem. Sometimes it, it's, it's a mindset issue. So they become... I experienced this. I used to work to help people get to six figures, and I experienced this even then. Um, but I, I experienced that most entrepreneurs are the biggest bottleneck of their business. I don't know if you're, you're if you have that experience in your own, <laughs> in your with your clients. I'm literally hiring, <laughs> hiring people. I've gone, yeah, I'm up to my fourth hire, like in the last like 
eight weeks. <clears throat> yeah, salespeople and stuff. So, yes, we are our own bottleneck until we start hiring. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. But but what'll happen sometimes is they become their their own biggest bottleneck. They have beliefs that only allow them. I call it a wealth set point, and so it's like a thermostat. Um, let's say, for example, like you're you're not on degrees and i don't know uh, you're not on uh, you're on celsius not on fahrenheit so i don't know if this will make as much sense but let's say for example it's set at 70. 70 is a pretty comfortable temperature yeah, and it's starts... degrees i think yeah yeah okay. but uh, most, we'll... most of the audience is us so it's all good okay perfect perfect <laughs> so it'll start to get like it'll start to drop you and this will be like your income dropping and so the temperature will start to drop and the air conditioner will kick on yeah, right yeah. and it will bring it back up to 70 degrees and maybe it'll even pass it and it'll get to like maybe 70 you know four degrees or something like that yeah. and then it, the heat will kick on and it'll bring it right back to 70 degrees again well that's what we do with our limiting beliefs to stay in our comfort zone because right. your subconscious mind doesn't want you to get out of your comfort zone it doesn't know how mm -hmm. you're going to survive if you do something completely different or if you will survive even if you do something completely different so it wants to keep you in the patterns of knowing oh you're going to do that even if it sucks even if you don't like it i yeah. know how you're going to survive doing that yeah it's yeah. safe yeah it's safe okay um so do you you say it's a lot of your issues for the, like their issues are, are around letting go around being able to start hiring is it generally just no it's their own personal or? it's their own personal issues for example it could be i have to work hard to succeed it could be i'm not valuable uh, i'm only as valuable as my last achievement so that they're trying to prove themselves constantly it could be that they're like for a lot of the entrepreneurs as they're building their teams that, that I work with, it is control issues of letting go of control, of believing that no, somebody else is gonna do it as well as me. Uh, it could be that they maybe have a, a relatively low conversion rate um, you know, where they don't, the, they don't understand the energy. They have the scripts, they understand sales, but they don't understand the energy of the calls. And they're afraid to stand in their own power and be bold on those calls and call people for, for, you know, for what they really are. It also is, um, and it's funny because I have multiple seven figure clients who still have this issue where they're not owning their price point. You know, they want to be charging more, but they don't feel comfortable about charging more. And, and I typically help them double or triple their prices very quickly and get it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's very cool. So it is a lot around, so that's what I was going to ask is like, what are the, what are the, like the surface level problems that you did mention them? So there's like, yeah, undercharging is one low closing rate, their own bottleneck because with our marketing, right, we want to speak to those surface level problems. And the way that you solve that is with the limiting beliefs when they often don't really know that they've got them, right? That's why they're limiting beliefs. You know, they kind of, yeah. So you can't yeah. really speak to them in your marketing, but you can speak to, Hey, I can help you double your closing or, or for you. It's like, I'll help you. Was it double your income in 90? Yeah. Days? Like nine days. Yeah. 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 There, there's there's of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. It's all good. Okay. There's another piece of that too. Like, have you ever, Luke, had a 3 a.m. genius moment or gotten a download in the shower on a walk or something like that? Mm hmm Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never met anybody who said no to that. And that is, that is our intuition. I call it the inner genius. 
and we all have the ability to tap into it on demand. So not only am I helping people clear limiting beliefs, and I, I help them clear it at a DNA level and teach them how to go into their subconscious mind and clear it, but I also teach them how to connect to that inner genius on demand. So for example, is this the right strategy to use? I have had you know, again, guru coaches who have said to me, that's the strategy you should be using in your business. And when I started really learning how to tune into that on demand, I would tune into it and go, is it in my highest good to actually use a strategy? And I'd get, no, do this instead. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing that, I watched my income skyrocket. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so the idea is like you actually can tune into the energy as a GPS system to understand how to guide you forward so that you're on the path of no resistance, not even the path of least resistance, but no resistance. So you know mm. exactly what you're meant to be doing. And then you're, if you're, if you're clearing the self-sabotaging patterns, then what's happening is you're able to move forward with so much less resistance that you move into flow from the hustle mode, just staying in flow. I think that's one thing that is not really probably talked about enough um, is listening to your intuition because I I find that when I do, yeah, things almost always work out for the best. It's it's amazing how accurate the GPS is, right? Right. Um, and what happens when you don't listen to it? You like you get the doubt and you don't listen, right? Don't sign this client. Don't sign this client. You bring them on and it's like they're a problem client, you know. So. I used to have that a lot. Like, you know, when you're kind of like desperate for clients, <clears throat> so you kind of just work with anyone, you know, like I probably shouldn't bring them on, but I need the money. So I'll bring them on. And then you regret it like basically instantly. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good example. Um, that's a great example. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so that's what happens when we get to listen to our, our like intuition, because the other thing is like, if you're clearing money's like, okay, in those situations where like, earlier in your business you would have been desperate for a client right mm -hmm. it's also because you're in a scarcity mindset of not believing mm -hmm. how much abundance there is around you so when you start clearing how much abundance there is around you then when that client comes up you go nope there's another one that's better for me right on the heels of that one and if i say no to that it allows the other one to come in and that happens every time yeah okay cool and so um you know sometimes i've actually just brought in a, a mindset coach as well to help him get clients with advertising and sometimes mindset can be you know hard to kind of if you lead with mindset and say hey i'm a mindset coach as you said before like people don't want to buy mindset so my question to you is how do you market your business so that people want to work with you so you just want to break down first of all like what the strategy is that you use or strategies and then we can mm -hmm. talk about the message that you use as well to get them on the phone yeah, yeah. As I just hired a YouTube coach. And so on the 28th of this month, I'm going to film my first 20 videos to launch uh, at the end of December. So that's one of my newest strategies that my business has been telling me for months to do that. I finally said, OK, let me find the right person and do that. Um, but see, that's the other thing with the intuition. It's like, OK, is that the right person for me? Right. And now I get yes or no. And I'm, I'm very clear about who the right team members are that I bring on, et cetera. So that that's part of it. I have a marketing assistant who does organic lead generation for me, but I've taught her all of these tools. So she uses yeah. intuition to connect with people for me. And then my my conversion rate has gone way up because she's selecting right fit, perfect paying clients for me. Yeah. Um, I'm also on a lot of podcasts and do public speaking. And I find that those convert 
for me uh, as well. So it's kind of been a combination of, of all of those that have allowed me to, uh, to scale my business where I am. And honestly, shifting my own mindset, moving out of the old patterns that I was in is the biggest thing. Like I literally from that seven times my income from that alone before even changing anything else in my business. Okay, great. And so you're not doing, so it's all organic. You're not doing any advertising at all. I'm not doing, I have tried advertising before and honestly, I'm, I'm very interested in you, although it's not my highest good to do right now or else I would do it, but I have not had success with advertising before. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like when you have, when you're advertising mindset, you have to do it the like do it the right way. Um, you don't lead with mindset. So you would lead right. with the results that we spoke about a minute ago. Um, Okay, cool. So what is, um, so what's out of the strategies that you're doing, let's start with like probably your most successful one. Can you break that down in terms of it all? Because coaches love organic strategies. So, yeah. so what's, your, what's your favorite organic strategy that you've, that you would I'm use? a huge LinkedIn fan because my clients do hang out on LinkedIn. And yep. what I have found, uh, and I'm playing with this a lot to really see what, what converts. Well, I haven't converted um, much from my content. I, I do write content five days a week, but what I have done with my content is set me up to be an expert and an authority in my field. So um, I have my team, My because my clients are at a certain level, they're so accustomed to getting sold to. I'm a firm believer in creating relationships. This is where you and I actually are very similar in that. I'm a firm believer in creating relationships and not selling first. So when my um, marketing assistant goes through for organic lead generations and connects with people. She gets them on the phone uh, with me so that we can just have a, a call and get to know each other. And then based on building that relationship, it will go to the next level um, because I know how to you know, build and create relationships. So that's, okay. that's the, the most effective, really. I also get a lot of client referrals. Um, so my clients refer a lot of clients to me. Correct. So, so that's probably the most effective, but it's allowed me to build a level of authority that gets me on podcasts, that gets me invited to speak, that gets me on summits, and it's all of those other things as well that um, that bring in the revenue for me. Okay, cool. So, when so, had first question: How does she identify on LinkedIn? Like, do you give her specific criteria to look for? So when you're connecting with people, I'm assuming that's the first step. So she kind of searches for people. Right. Do you give her specific criteria and what are those criteria? Like how do you, how does she identify like an ideal client for you? She connects with uh, 25 people a day, five days a week. And because that's maxed out now on LinkedIn, it used to be more, um, but now yeah. she can only do 25 a day. Um, <clears throat> and so what the criteria for me, there are certain demographics. So like my ideal clients, and I do have some older, some younger, but it's typically 38 to 55, um, about 60%, 65, maybe 70% women, the rest are men. Um, and this is even when I was targeting men and women equally, it, it, just shows up that way in my in my practice, um, and then there are certain high achievers, you know, that they've been in business for five plus years because they've typically five plus year um, people in business. Well, a since so many people go out of business in the first five years, those who are survived the five years are much more likely yeah. to be past six figures, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there are certain things, and then she uses her intuition to tune in. 
Okay. So and that's the next piece. So those are the, the basics that I give her and then she runs with it. And, and also there's certain types of people, like for example, wealth managers, well, I have a whole bunch of clients who are financial planners mm. and wealth managers. They're also amazing resources for referral clients because they yeah. tend to have my clients. So I'm both having her look for people who could be ideal clients as well as people who are great referral partners for me. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I hope the coaches are listening here. There's a lot of great insights there. So first of all, you obviously have a very clear picture of who your dream client is, like demographic-wise, you know, the size of the company, revenue, do they have employees? Because one thing with LinkedIn, you can choose like, yeah, number of employees as well. Right. Right. Um, but I also like your strategy on thinking about who would be connected with your ideal client as well in terms of the wealth manager. I think that's a really great strategy. Um, Here's another great about that for, for your audience. Yeah. Who, like, who are the people who are in your clients? Like, if they're thinking about their clients, who are the people who are on the journey with them, who are not competitive with what you do, but mm. are either right before or right after what you do? And those yeah. are great referral partners. Yeah, so a really great example of that for me would be uh, like a life coach certification school, right? So. Obviously, once a coach gets certified, what's the next step? They need, they need clients, so it, that'd be a good like, kind of referral referral partner. So that's a that's a great strategy. Um, and then other, as I said, other synergistic businesses that are selling to that um, market as well. So for a coach, it might be like ClickFunnels, right? Because they need the tech. But yes, as an example, that would be a great referral partner. By the way, ClickFunnels would be good. Um, okay, cool. So now, so you get clear idea of who your dream client is. You start connecting. What specifically do you say, or does your assistant say, to get them on the phone with you? Well, we've tried a couple of different things, and and this is like um, <laughs> I'm going to say this because I think you you had a post around this recently, which is so true. It's like I had to pull my um, my marketing assistant back and say to her, like. People don't want to have sex with you before they've gone out on a date. You've got to build the relationship first. So slow it down, slow it yeah. down, slow it down. And so what she'll do is initially connect with them and then she may ask them something. It's like, okay, if you were in a coffee shop with somebody, what would be the question that you would ask that person yeah. that has curiosity that gets them talking about themselves and you understanding them better? And then it allows for them to go, oh, okay, she's not going to sell me. She's pretty cool. And then she'll say to me, hey, do you want to hop on a call? Because I believe that we could share resources and help support each other mm. you know, to move each other along. And invariably, they say yes. If they've gone that far in the, and yeah, actually yeah. having a conversation. And, and I, ha I cannot tell you, Luke, how many people have said to me, I don't normally do this, but your energy and the way that you approached me, I was like, yes, I'll get on the phone. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and then the other way, the other good benefit of doing that is you actually weed out a lot of, like, as you said, if they go through that conversation with you, you're getting good conversation, then they jump on a call, you're actually saving your yourself your own time as well. Because there'll be people that, like, I remember going to lots of networking events, <laughs> like in London, and the only people that go to like those like networking events are other people that are desperate for clients as well. So I didn't get any clients and that, I don't think they, anyone else got any clients either going to those networking events. Um, but like you could put out an, the point is you could put out an offer 
saying like, let's have a chat and you'll get a response if there are people that will want to jump on the phone with you, but they'll probably be desperate as well. Not, I'm not saying you're desperate. They will, that can attract a lower quality lead by just going for the phone call too quickly. Yes. But by actually having a conversation, maybe qualifying them a bit more, you're actually, you're going to get much better quality lead. Not only will they be a lot warmer as well, they'll feel like they know you because they kind of do, um, but you'll be, um, you'll be saving yourself time as well. So it's- Yeah, it's there's also fun. another another thing. Yeah, because I, I agree with you that they are much warmer when they get there. And also I'll have her comment on their posts or like their posts or interact with them right. in some way so that she they're like, oh yeah, she's cool, you know? And it's like, and then they'll, I'll see their comments start popping up on my posts or mm. something like that at times too. So there's like, um, it's like a reciprocity, right? So mm. people feel like, oh, you do something for them, then they feel like obligated to do something for you. But it's in building that relationship. Again, it's setting the foundation of that relationship. So once I get on the phone with them, and, and here's the other key that I do, like I always like to be the first person to ask questions. So tell me about you and your business and who are your ideal clients, yeah. right? So first thing that I ask, and then once they tell me, um, you know, I'll say, well, how can I support you? And they'll say, well, first tell me about you. And I'm able to frame what I do now in terms of what they actually need. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm, and, and it's not, I don't sell. I just, when they ask me what I do, I frame what I do. I just deliver it in a way that they're like, oh my God, I could really use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's like, that's a smart way of going about it because some coaches might think that oh, well that's kind of like a bait and switch but it's not really because you you always go on these calls right with the intention of just keeping an open mind of like you really are going to share resources right you really are just going to see how can we actually support each other i'm not the, i think the worst thing that as i said because i've done this before the wrong way where you go on the you go into their like trying to sell your services but you, if you go in there with just like an open mind of like hey i'm gonna see like how we could actually support each other just start with that then often it naturally it naturally actually does lead to your service like well here's actually what i do it sounds like you know i might be able to help you do you want to have a chat about that if not no problem kind of thing so just having a conversation and seeing if you can help um or even if they, they might be able to help you as well i think keeping an open mind is probably a good approach would you agree uh, you're spot on with that for sure because um, and I've said this to people when they say to me well what does that mean how can you support me and I was like I come here with no agenda I really yeah, um, no, agenda, this is the key. no agenda is no attachment to an outcome other than how can we build this relationship and see where it goes I have referred a lot of clients from my network to my network like yeah. I'm an avid networker I really do like to add value everywhere I go so it isn't just about me and filling my own pipeline it really is about how can i add value and then i find the value comes back to me even if it doesn't come back to me from the source of origination it'll come back to me and i don't do it if it comes back to me i do it because i like to provide value that's the key and so being unattached to the outcome allows more to blossom in that space than going in with the uh, intention to sell yeah, absolutely. I think the the word there that I was searching for that you said was like no agenda, right? Is really critical. Mm -hmm. If you have no agenda, no attachment, again, same kind of similar. Um, yeah, you will get clients from these these conversations. Um, it's it's when you go in with the agenda that people can feel that, right? Like it's either consciously or subconsciously, like with their intuition, um, they will feel um, that you're trying to sell them. If that makes sense, so. 
yeah. and no offense, it can be kind of hard when you need <laughs> when you need clients. It can be very very hard, but it's critical if you if you want to get those clients. It's 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 uh, it's a weird. What's the word? It's not is not catch double binding message. It's yeah. a double binding message because that's what I talk to my own clients about. Like the energy, you could be saying the perfect things that they need to hear, but if yeah. your energy is one of desperation, if you're looking at them as your your rent, your mortgage, your bills in yeah. any kind of way, the energy that's coming through is not aligned with what's coming out of mm. your mouth. And they could feel that that energy is off and they're like, I don't know why, but no, I, and they'll make yeah. some excuse as to why they don't want to have a yeah. conversation, yeah. why you're not the right person and you don't understand what's going on, but it's a double binding message that you're sending. Yeah. Usually it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, let me think about it. I need to go and think about it. It's usually what they say. And it's not yeah. often it's subconscious. They don't know why they feel uneasy or whatever, as you said. So yeah, I like that. All right. So, um, Elena, tell me about tell me about a marketing tell me a marketing story of where or just any business story. It doesn't have to be marketing specific. A business story where everything kind of <laughs> where SHI won't swear because it's family friendly, but SHIT hit the fan. And um, just just tell me a, a horror a, a horror business story. Okay, I'll tell you a horror business story. Okay, <clears throat> so after I created six figures in seven months, I tanked my business again. And the amount of shame and guilt I had, because here I am helping people make more money and I can't do it for myself. Mm. And so it was horrifying to me. Like the the, the way, uh, just the amount of shame and guilt was horrible. And I literally could not get myself out of it, where I was functioning at a needs level for like, three years and I, I had invested like even though I didn't have the money I kept finding the money borrowing money to invest in about $150,000 in marketing programs that got me zero results yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> zero results and one of those programs was actually um, you know uh, paid ads so that was part of like my ooh this like I'm just like I I would feel, oh, maybe that's the solution to my problem. And so I would find the money to get into that program only to find it wasn't the solution to my problem. And my the problem didn't get fixed until I actually fixed the five inches between my ears. And then once I fixed the five inches between my ears, it's like everything I touched was worked after that. That that really, but I mean, for three years, Luke, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot navigate my way out of this. I, I was delivering double binding messages, right? So I would have these amazing sales calls and just have people say, well, I have to think about it. I have to ask my spouse. I'd never hear from them again. They'd ghost mm -hmm. me after that. And it was just like, it was horrifying to me because I could teach my clients how to do this and mm -hmm. they were getting results, but I couldn't get the results for myself yeah well thanks for sharing that and can i ask like what was it what specifically was it that shifted for you that allowed you to when you say like you know working on this what specifically mm -hmm. did you do to make that shift to then now get to where you are yeah yeah i actually started so a few years ago i was looking i i did a lot of mindset tools and techniques that were helping my clients get results but as soon as my clients stopped working with me they would slide back into their self-sabotage patterns and i wanted something that was not dependent on me for their success that they could really continue on their own and i also wanted to get me out of the 
S-H-I-T hole I was in, right? So, so um, I, I was looking for two things and I put it out there. And my intuition, like when you are in stress, you cannot get downloads of intuition. It actually blocks your intuition. So I, I would have been a pretty intuitive person beforehand, but I was blocking it and I knew I was. And I was like, I really want my intuition back. And then I found this program and I started really small with it, but I found that it did connect me to my intuition and it did allow me to start clearing my limiting beliefs. And I was able to clean up the shame and the guilt that I had. I was able to clean up the fact that I felt like a failure. I was able to clean up my proving myself through my accomplishments and having to work hard to succeed and all kinds of other stuff like that. And I literally then, I, I did every program that I had till I became a trainer um, and then started teaching this work to my clients and the month that my um, I'll call it my higher self I call it the inner genius but the month my higher self said to me stop doing any other work but this work and I was like but I make good money I, I don't want to stop doing that I like, stop doing it you're either in or you're out yeah. And I leaned in and I went, okay, I'm, I'm uncomfortable AF. And even though I'm uncomfortable AF, I'm leaning in because I know this is the right thing and my, a thing and my income tripled that month. Yeah, and I was wow. just like, whoa, okay. And then literally nothing else changed. No other strategy changed. Everybody else was doing the same thing. And I just started to become a magnet for inbound lead gen. Like, and, and that's really what's massively changed in my business is that inbound lead gen has massively picked up. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's very cool. All right. So last question. Um, you're standing on the top of a mountain, right? And there are thousands of coaches below you and you can only shout to them one message at the top of this mountain to help them become successful. What would that be? Mm -hmm. The first thing that came to me is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Now, we're just curious, why, why do you say believe in yourself? Because there's so many limiting beliefs about not being good enough, not being worthy, not being lovable. And actually, that's the thing that's getting in the way. And when you truly believe in yourself, when you love yourself, your, your reality can't help but mirror that back to you. It's like exponential in terms of what changes in your reality because your entire reality is based on what's going on in your subconscious mind. Mm. And so when you start to shift that subconscious programming to belief and love for yourself, that's what you experience is the love of the universe that's always been there that you couldn't see because all you were putting there is I suck. Mm. And so when, when the coach doesn't believe in themselves, how does that um, show up in their business like the surface level? Yeah. So they're afraid to raise their prices because they don't know if they can deliver the outcome. They're afraid to take clients at the level they want because they don't know if they can deliver the outcome. They have those double binding messages because they don't trust themselves on sales calls. Um, they don't trust team members. You know, they don't know how to lead them and delegate them properly because, mm -hmm. you know, they, they live in a state of control and fear. Um, and those are just a few. I mean, I, I could probably keep going. Yeah, no, I, I just, um, you know, it's a marketing thing, right? Because when you, when we speak to like, because <laughs> we coaches, we're so deep in our subject, right? That we know the problem is, you know, as an example, someone not believing in themselves. They don't know what, they don't know that that's the problem though. All they see is, uh, I, um, I'm too afraid to raise my prices or my closing rate is too low or I'm just not getting the amount of leads that I want, right? So that's still the, 
stuff going on in their mind. Right. Um, so, you know, I just or, wanted, or I'm working 10 hours, I'm working 10, 12 hours a day and I'm, I'm feeling guilty when I'm with my family that I'm not working or when I'm with my uh, at work feeling guilty, I'm not with my family yeah, or yeah. I'm not being present. You know, like for me, one of the wake up calls that I had was my son was nine years old at the time and he was sitting next to me with his head on the shoulder watching, I don't know, TikTok or something. And I had my laptop on my lap. And he looked up at me and said, Mom, you're working all the time. And I just went, wake up call. Oh, yeah, pain. Yeah. pain, 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 wake up call. Yeah, well, um, cool. Thank that's a I that's a uh, a great uh last message. Um so Elena, thanks for coming on. I had a lot of fun interviewing you. Um, where can the coaches go listening to who are listening in to learn more about you? Yeah. So I, I am so passionate just because it's been my journey too. I'm so passionate about helping coaches and, and other service providers work less that I have created a mini course that my team has told me offers actually too much because I really do teach people how to reclaim 20 to 30 hours of your work week back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little mini course that they can get by going to Elena Schwartz forward slash time. And then they can pick up the register for it and pick up the mini course and then they'll get into my world. Cool. Thanks, Lena. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so once again, so it's a um sorry, Elena Schwartz forward slash time, was it? Time. Time. Oh, sorry, dot com forward slash time. So yeah, Elena Schwartz link. forward slash yes. time. Elena forward slash time. So go to that link, check out that mini course. And once again, Lena, thanks for coming on. Had a lot of fun interviewing you, as I mentioned. A lot of a lot of gold nuggets in this um in this uh, interview today. And again, if you want to watch interviews like this um, that we just did with Elena, remember come into the Hermit Hole, thehermithole.com. It premieres each week, every Tuesday. Um, we premiere there before it goes uh, into iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. So come over to hermithole.com and also check out Elena's website as well. Once again, thanks Elena for coming on and um, yeah, look forward to continuing with the relationship as well. Me too. Thank you so much.